Hello and welcome to episode two of the Starcast. Uh, your number one and only uh, Iron Man fan podcast. So uh, we're actually recording this show uh, a couple of hours after the first one, really, because uh, I've got a lot of things to do next week and I won't be around and I want to get as many shows as I can out of the bag right now. So I'm kind of forcing Tom to sit here and listen to my crap. Um, but uh, this yes. week, this this week, what we're going to do is, well, not week, this day, today, what we're going to do is look at the second Iron Man 2 trailer that came out, uh, came out around about March, and kind of like dissect it, I guess, really, we'll just look at every single scene of it, uh, look, uh, look at some cool things that we, you know, that we notice, little things that we notice, speculate on the movie, so if, if you don't really want to hear a lot of spoilers, they're not going to be really spoilers, they're just going to be our theories, then, uh, you know, don't you know? You don't, you don't have to listen. But this is going to be uh, this is going to be what we're going to be doing this show. Okay, so we're going to get straight straight into it. So the trailer starts. We get past the green, and then of course we get to uh, the Stark Expo 2010. Now going back to the Stark Expo 2010, this is something very interesting because uh, Iron Man 2 has had a fantastic viral campaign uh, in terms of. You know, just really getting getting the fans and the public to feel like it's it's happening, and they've done this with uh, Stark Expo, and basically Stark Expo is this kind of big, uh, you know, uh, media expo, kind of like for gamers like E3 or GDC, that kind of thing, where all big companies showcase their latest creations and that kind of stuff. So the trailer starts off with, you know, kind of Tony glamorously arriving and it's you know as Iron Man then the uh, the suit is taken off and you know he's oh it's good to be back that kind of stuff with ACDC playing in the background let's talk a little bit about the Stark Expo um uh, the website has launched and you know the website looks very authentic it looks very real and slowly uh after the website launched we we got uh, kind of uh, more stuff uh that, that was slowly added to the website like uh, more companies. Slowly, we've got these kind of—I don't want to say—these videos of Stark because Stark turns out to be a huge company, and you know they have loads of subsidiary areas. Uh, for example, they have Accutech and Cordco and Fujikawa, uh, which is very interesting because a lot of these companies actually exist in the comic books. Um, so, for example, let, let's quickly just um, look. Uh, so. so Accutech, there's been a trailer for that, you know, it's uh, creating, you know, creating mobile uh, kind of exoskeletons to, you know, to help people uh, and in war zones and increase their safety. It's kind of like an armor thing. And you can definitely see that's been based off the Iron Man design. And for Cordco, uh, recently we saw this kind of a clip of a expo where, you know, this, this guy, uh, he uses this kind of, Thruster technology to blow out uh, a piece of fire, uh, some, something on fire, and you can definitely see the Iron Man, uh, Iron Man design in that. And the same with the Fujikawa one. You see the glasses, which is, you know, uh, kind of been has been taken from the Iron Man targeting and aiming uh, uh, GUI interface. So it's uh, these things definitely tie into the story of of the second movie, which you know, which is probably going to be, you know. Uh, Justin Hammer taking the technology and the war between the two technology giants. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. But going back to the trailer, so it starts off with Stark Expo. Um, uh, Iron Man 2 is set six months after Iron Man, Iron Man 1, so Tony has established himself. 
And I mean, and you can see the people feeding off it. You know, he lands and in the trailer, you know, all the people they're wearing these gloves and you know they're embracing Iron Man. I think he's he's kind of like he's kind of like you know he's a celebrity. You know, they probably write about him like in the gossip magazines and that kind of stuff. So it's 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 very interesting. You know, that they created this thing that people accept him as Iron Man. So and then okay, in the second part of the trailer, we, we get to uh, Tony's house, of course, the beautiful house on the cliff of in Malibu, and, he, and he's boxing there. And then uh, of course we get introduced to Scarlett Johansson's character, uh, the Black Widow. Yes, the very 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 attractive Black Widow, and this this is going to be tongue tied. Pardon? Bit tongue tied there. Oh, come you? on, who who won't be who will not be tongue tied? when Scarlett Johansson in the movie with that kind of clothing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But you're a recovering gay. I'm not a recovering gay for the last time. I'm going to cut that out as well. <laughs> anyway, shut up. So, it, it will be quite interesting seeing the, the chemistry in this. It's kind of like a triangle now, you know. In the first one, we saw this relationship develop between Tony and Pepper, and now that we've got a much more, you know, younger and, let's be honest, better looking, I guess, in my opinion, at least, uh, character. It's going to be very interesting to see seeing this triangle. Okay, so, so that's like the intro of the, of the trailer wrapped up. Then we go to Moscow, uh, you know, the establish, the establishing shot of, of Moscow, very, you know, very grey, loads of snow, creates the atmosphere of, you know, th there's a villain there. And then we see Whiplash uh, in prison. Well, we don't know it's Whiplash at first. It's a guy and, you know, it's it's definitely it definitely mirrors the uh, the scenes in Iron Man one. You know, he he's in this dark spot and he's creating he's creating this reactor kind of thing. But you know, in contrast, you know Tony Stark. There's loads of painting, uh, not paint. There's loads of posters and magazine covers of him. So you can definitely see that he's he's kind of using his hatred against Tony Stark to to fuel his development. So that'll be very interesting to observe. And then it cuts to Monaco, of course, the Grand Prix. So it's kind of this mix between, you know, happy, bright, and the, the, the darkness. Then it comes to the Monaco, and, uh, you know, this is very interesting because they actually filmed this at Monaco. John Favreau wanted to film it at a real track. And Tony Stark, again, we see his playboy ways, you know, he's in the car, he's racing himself. And then this, this, is where, this is where everything hits, you know, you see Mickey Rourke, and he's wearing, he's wearing the orange, uh, and it's got number 14 in it, and it's kind of got belts and stuff in it, so does that mean he's like a convict? But if he's a convict, how did he get from Russia to Monaco? This is, this is something that's, that's not right, you know? So it's interesting how, you know, Mickey Rourke, and then of course he takes all, he takes all the uniform, and in the later trailers you see, like, uh, it's really cool, the actual, his, the, the orange uniform kind of burns off, so that's, so that's really cool. And then, of course, we see him, you know, with the whip, with the effects, and he, he, he attacks Tony Stark. Um, so, so then, so then uh, of course, uh, Whiplash breaks, uh, breaks Tony's car. And then, uh, and then the next scene is we see, this time we actually see a prison cell, and uh, uh, Tony is actually in the prison cell, and he's talking to Whiplash. So, so obviously, you know, when Whiplash attacked the car, he didn't do this for... You know, he didn't, he, he didn't intend to kill Tony, I guess, because, you know, he did in front of everyone, uh, or maybe he did, but, you know, he knew he was going to get caught, so, and he, he, he was waiting for this to happen, and then, of course, Tony and him meet, and this, this is where he starts, this, this is interesting, of course, because we get, you know, we get 
a bit of backstory that's, uh, you know, what we know, not from the trailer, but from, from, you know, other clips here and there, that apparently, you know, his, his father's technology uh, was, well, the technology that Tony's using for his, uh, for his chess piece was originally created by Mickey Rourke's father. Then, then we cut to the bit we've seen in the first trailer where the government wants Tony to, you know, give, give, give back the armor. And that's, that, that's another interesting uh, point uh, that we see because, you know, the government's trying to take it and he, he and it kind of goes against uh, what Tony's trying to do. You know, he said he, he wasn't going to make weapons anymore, but the government wants to take the Iron Man armor and turn it into into a weapon. So, you know, the, uh, you, see, you see the conflict there. And um, this, this, is, this is the interesting scene. This is what I was talking about in the last episode. Then we get to about 1 minute 20 in the trailer. And... Uh, Tony has this, well, it looks like people have been saying it's like a miniaturized uh, uh, large hydrant collider kind of thing, and he's got the laser pointing out of it, and it's, we can see it's going into a, into a triangular kind of piece of, or a, a circular object with a triangle in the middle, and this is probably the, um, the power source, I guess, for the Mark VI, what do you think, Tom? Yeah, because it's, the Mark VI has that triangular shape. Mm. Which clearly shows that, well, the power source that Tony Stark is trying to make is triangle has a triangular piece on it. Mm. But that's interesting. Why would he? Why would he make make another power source? Because you know, if if his current one, because in the in the trailer when he's making it, you can see you can see the light, uh, the light glowing out of his current power source. So it's interesting why he has to make it. You know, maybe to get a more powerful suit or. I definitely think like the the it, those things do intertwine, but that's something we'll wait uh, until the actual movie comes out to find out. So he blows up half of his garage in his usual style, and then and then well, well this is interesting because then we cut to the scene about one minute twenty nine in the trailer where uh, a jet brings in Whiplash to talk to Justin Hammer, and of course Justin Hammer is Tony Stark's big rival. They're both kind of doing the same, you know. They're both arms dealers and they both manufacture weapons. In the comic books Justin Hammer was around the same age as Obadiah Stane, but they decided to make him younger, which is very interesting. Okay, so then we see we see uh, you know, Justin Hammer and Whiplash, you know, kind of make a deal. And this is interesting because about one twenty uh, one thirty six minutes into the clip, what we see is, you know, uh, Whiplash come up to like kind of like Crimson Dynamo thing, and you know, uh, inspect them. Which kind of, Tom, what do you think? It, this leads me to the thing that, you know, maybe not in this movie, maybe later on in this movie, Whiplash actually gets into the armor and fights him because you know, one thirty. If you go to one thirty-six in the clip, you see, you know, you see him looking at it, and he's created the power source already. So do you think we'll see Whiplash in in the suit? Well, in the in Iron Man to the movie. His name is Ivan something or other, which is actually, which in the comic books Ivan was the name of the original Crimson Dynamo. Mm-hmm. So, and Whiplash in the movie also has a couple of the powers of the Crimson Dynamo, i.e. the lightning. So he may um, implicate that into one of the armors, and it will maybe the final fight scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that that'll be that'll be very interesting because we've seen like aspects of the scene because like later on you know, later on we see 
later on we see you know Tony and uh, War Machine you know fighting a bunch of these robots, but they're going through them kind of quickly. So I, I think they're kind of like minions of Crimson Dynamite. But anyway, so in the next scene, of course, we get to Don Cheadle who has replaced Terrence Howard in uh, in Iron Man Two. Um, yeah, you know the Doctor Who kind of thing when you kill one, he regenerates. Well, yeah. basically, that happened, and he regenerated into Don Cheadle. What about Iron Man 3? Who do you think he's going to regenerate into then? Bill Cosby, hopefully. Okay, I was, I was thinking Will Smith, but your, yours is pretty good as well. Okay, and this is very interesting. If if we go to um, 139, we see we see the four Iron Man armors kind of stacked up, and this this is just you know it's 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 really nice to see because you can compare the armor. So you've got the Mark One. Mark two and three. Mark three is beat up, you know, from from the uh, Obadiah Stane fight, and then we see the Mark Mark four. And here we can we can definitely tell the difference between Mark uh, three and four, at least in color. You know, Mark four seems a lot a lot brighter, and you know, some of the leg uh, like the bits that come up to the knees, you know, they they so it definitely does look a bit more different. So then we keep on going with the trailer uh, with the trailer, and of course, you know, in the background, uh, Rhodey's telling you know this whole. This, uh, uh, you don't have to do this alone, Tony. That's it. You know the the, the slinger act. You know he, he can't do it. And then and then yes, yeah. and then after that, uh, of course, the, the very cool scene at about one thirty nine, where War Machine like raises out of the ground. And this is interesting. So if we pause at around one thirty two, we see you know War Machine, and behind them are a bunch of you know a uh, number of kind of like these robotic crimson dynamos, and behind that is kind of like American flags and display. And what we think this is is Justin Hammer has his own. Uh, he has his own kind of show. He has his own expo, like Tony Stark did in the beginning. Or the Hammer Expo. Yes, the Hammer Expo. And uh, but this is interesting, Tom, because think about it. Um, you know, if this is the Hammer Expo and the War Machine is there, has Brody switched sides at least in this at this point in the movie? Um, to, to Justin Hammers because he wanted the Iron Man armor because you know we saw at the end of the first one next time baby you know there wasn't the next time for Terence Howard but uh, there was the next time for, for Don for Don Cheadle and uh, and Rhodey uh, so do you think that uh, halfway through the movie Rhodey switches sides to get to get the, the armor I don't think he does it to get the armor I reckon that through the amount of stress of being Iron Man and then the attack in um. Italy, basically, um, Tony Stark resorts to alcohol, and Roddy sees him as incompetent of from um, being Iron Man, so he gets the blueprints, and um, Justin Hammer may create a, um, well, the War Machine armor. That's uh, that, you know that's that's very interesting. That's a very very good and coherent point, Tom. Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, well, when when the movie actually comes out at the premiere uh, if. If our theory is right, okay. Well, then we go on and we get to the scene uh, where Tony and War Machine are, and Rhodey are in this kind of I don't know these woods or whatever they're in. And of course, if we go to one forty-four seconds, we see that this is Tony's triangular chest piece armor. So you know he's upgraded it and he's uh, placed whatever this is in there. So and I mean both me and you, Tom, we think this is the end. Like this is like the final battle of the movie, right? Because. Uh, you know, he's got the triangular chess piece, and him and War Machine are fighting together. So this this is probably the last battle, right? Yeah, it definitely should be the last battle. 
or, or if not the second to last where um, they finally team up and then either like you say Mickey Rock will come back with his Crimson Dynamo armor mm-hmm. or it will be the end of the scene right right but and, and then in later trailers you see um, War Machine lying on the floor and he said hey, oh man you have your super back but it doesn't look like the same scene mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what you mean yeah so Maybe the bit where he says you can have your suit back is the end of the. I have a feeling it's the end of the actual, the end of the actual big battle. You know, like War Machine yeah. is lying down, so that they, you know they just use that. But okay, very interesting is uh, when we get to um, two o three, where Tony and uh, someone in the Mark II armor, probably Rhodey. They're kind of like fighting, training kind of thing. You know, Tony's got a big, you know, he's got a huge hammer and Rhodey's got, you know, he's got like big dumbbells. So it's interesting that Tony was actually training Rhodey in, in, uh, in, in, in combat. Uh, so, so it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And then, of course, at 208, we see Samuel Jackson, who has promised to have a much bigger role from the two lines of dialogue he had in Iron Man 1, which is after... Are you uh, are you looking forward to having uh, Samuel Jackson in this movie, Tom? Well, great. The, to be honest, he was a great actor in the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, he was out of character, but he did a very good job. He also played a very good role in um, like the movie Jumper. He was good in that as well. But, yeah. I mean, and, um, yeah, go on. Um, but yeah, I mean, he. He looks like the Nick Fury from the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm, definitely, definitely. And yeah, go on. He's a spectacular actor, like Danny Jr. Mm-hmm. So he could bring the role of Nick Fury to life. Well, I mean, uh, he signed for nine Marvel movies, and apparently, you know, he's done two already, and he's going to be in Captain America for sure, and he does, he's not sure about Thor if he's going to be in there, and he's going to be in the Avengers, but apparently he says that he's going to get his own movie somewhere down the line. He's going to get a Nick Fury film where, you know, he gets to... And apparently he does say that he's going to kick ass in the later movies. So that would be, be quite interesting because, yes, he's, you know, he's a very powerful actor and uh, uh, it will be very interesting to see him play alongside Robert Downey Jr. there. And then, of course, we go to... And Edward Norton. And, it, yes, of course, well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? Because some people are saying they might not have Edward Norton in The Avengers. They might have the Hulk, but they might just have the Hulk, you know, they might not actually have him in his Bruce Banner stage, which would be a shame, because I, I thought he was very, very good uh, in The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, he was believable, I mean, um, Eric Banner was already kind of, um, well, well-built, hmm. while Edward Norton was very skinny, I mean, it was like, in the first ever Hulk, it was like the Hulk just like, took some steroids, and there we go, I'm the Hulk now, and I... in this one, it actually looked like he beefed up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the Hulk, I think that in The Incredible Hulk, he looked so much more real, or what the Hulk should look like, you know? But anyway, so yeah, and then, of course, later, uh, if we go to 2.11 in the clip, we see Hammer doing his own kind of expo uh, here and there, and then, uh, oh, this is interesting. If we go between uh, about 2.14 to about 2.18, what we see is we see, like, Iron Man flying away from a swarm of what looks like Crimson Dynamos. But that's by War Machine by the well, looks of it. That's the thing. When I first saw the trailer, I didn't notice this, but Tom said this to me, you know, if you look close enough and if you have it at high enough definition, 
you can, you know, you can see War Machine flying after her, which, you know, kind of establishes the point that, you know, they do fight probably halfway through the movie. You know, uh, Rhodey's trying to take out Tony, or maybe Tony gets drunk and tries to take out Rhodey. What do you think, Tom? Well, I reckon um, Justin Hammer needs something from the Iron Man suit to create a better army of Crimson Dynamos. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, Tony is unwitting, and Rhodey obviously tries to talk some sense in, into mm. him because later in the scene, just before they fight all the Crimson Dynamos, mm. well, they wouldn't be pounding the shit out of each other and then lift their masks out and just go, yeah, you're right, mate. I think the um, War Machine is trying to talk some sense into Tony about giving over the suit, mm. and that's when they're ambushed. Mm-hmm. Very, yeah, very, very interesting. That could be... Uh... That, and then of course we get you know we get we get the Iron Man two and then two uh, two twenty of course the infamous you know the amazing bit suitcase on the floor Tony puts on the suitcase this you know this this is going to be very 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 awesome bit in the movie itself and of course we know where this is you know this is Tony and I've seen like behind the scenes footage and what this is is you know Tony's car gets chopped in two by Whiplash and um, Happy Hogan. John Favreau, you know, because he's in uh, he's in the Rolls Royce because he's driving the Rolls Royce and he tries to help Tony, but then like the Rolls Royce gets overturned. I think him and Pepper try to rescue Tony. They drive to him because the uh, him and Pepper. This this is what this is why I kind of know so far. Him and Pepper because you see Pepper Potts like looking up and she's sitting in the restaurant and what it looks like is him and Pepper are sitting in the restaurant because. In the comics, him and Pepper do get married eventually, so they're kind of, you know, in the restaurant, and then they re- they probably see this on the TV because they're broadcasting the race on TV. They see what's happening, and then they get in the Rolls Royce and try driving to save Tony, but Whiplash breaks that as well, and then Rhodey, fro- no, not Rhodey, uh, Happy Hogan throws the suitcase to Tony, and then we get the big whiplets. So that's that's what I we kind of know so far, and and then. From the newer clips, we have seen, you know, him fight and lose, unfortunately, by what it looks like, because there's a lot of battle damage. But I don't know. Do you think he loses the fight because we see, um, uh, we see Whiplash in prison, or do you think Whiplash kind of gave it up, you know, just surrendered himself? Maybe the idea wasn't to kill Tony Stark, just to prove he could make a better suit. Just to humiliate him. A, yeah, to humiliate him because. Quite frankly, at this point, um, Tony Stark thinks he is beyond God, yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. He has the armour, he is untouchable. Mm. He, Whiplash is just trying to prove that he is, in fact, beatable. Mm-hmm. And when Justin Hammer gets hot, like wind of this information, he well recruits him to um, build the Crimson Dynamos. And that's when Tony has to resort to building a more powerful arc reactor, mm-hmm. a more powerful chess piece, because Whiplash is too powerful. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's, I, I think this is going to be a very, very good story, don't you think, Tom? You know, there's going to be loads of things intertwining, and it's not going to well, be a... Yeah, go on. Well, literally, we don't know what's actually going to happen. This is just my opinion. Same, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I could be well off with this. Mm. Let, let me ask you this. Do you think uh, Mickey Rourke's character is going to go the way of uh, Obadiah Stane and die at the end of this movie, or do you think he'll come back? Hmm. Well, Obadiah Stane was, um, I'm, well, Iron Monger was 
well, he had no choice to, but to die because Obadiah Stane did work for the company. Mm-hmm. So if he but just said, uh, I'm back, prove I was Ironmonger, now I'm going to like, fuck up your company. It would have been very awkward scenes between Tony and Obadiah Stane in the second one. You know, he tried to kill himself and he still works there. But no, Whiplash could survive, but Incredible Hulk, right. Abomination, one of the most ferocious villains of all time, survived mm-hmm. and could be part of the in be in the Avengers movie or the mm. second Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. and and to be honest, um, abomination is more of a threat than Ironmonger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, I, I think they definitely had a better fight, didn't they, in uh, the end of uh, the first Hulk? Oh yeah, they, that fight was brilliant. They were breaking bones either way, and even Hulk got stabbed by a like elbow yeah, bone. Yeah, yeah. Let's very gruesome, very, very graphically. Yes, yes. Illustrated. Um, ILM, ILM did a very good job then, and on Iron Man as well. Uh, but, but just quickly before we wrap the show up, just talk a bit about the Incredible Hulk because you know uh, Marvel are doing this great thing now where all the movies are going to be in one continuity. Uh, so, um, you know they're going to be they're going to be like the comic books; they're all going to be in one universe, which is very unfortunate because you know Marvel sold off most of their well, not most of them, all of their all of their most popular franchises because when they sold. Uh, Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and X-Men, you know, Iron Man wasn't as popular as it is now. So all Marvel have to work with from, like, the popular people are Iron Man, Captain America and Thor, which, you know, the, the, the second two aren't really even that popular. So, and, and, and the Hulk, of course, uh, which, you know, kind of is a shame. I mean, both me and you would love to see Spider-Man or Wolverine in the Avengers. Um... Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I think well, the original Avengers did only consist of Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Ant-Man, unfortunately, um, and Nick Fury and Wasp. But, yeah. Well, the later Avengers consisted of... Everyone. 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 Everyone you can imagine. I mean, in the game Marvel Ultimate Alliance, the first one, Venom mm. was even part of of the um, old alliance. They're no, running low on members. <laughs> and basically, Venom is the least likely person you would trust. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's funny how, uh, yeah, but I, I think, you know, every, everyone has been in the Avengers, so, you know, you, you could, but I think they'll try to keep faithful to the original, but it would be just so nice if they could just do a deal with Sony and just have Spider-Man appear for, you know, just a couple of seconds as a cameo, or the same with Wolverine, because, you know, they could do it. Yeah, yeah then, um, well, I would love to see Hugh Jackman in the Avengers. Hmm. Well, well, Wolverine, not actually Hugh Jackman. Well, is but, Hugh Jackman the actor on the street? <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, during the course of many of the Spider-Man and X-Men movies, they have killed off a big number of the characters hmm. who are part of the, event, the whole Avengers. I mean, oh. Cyclops, for instance, dead. Jean Grey, dead. Um... Magneto is no longer a threat. Um, Venom, Green Goblin, no threat. They're really running low on enemies and heroes. Oh, I see what you mean. So, like, if if they were trying to get the characters and the the actors to play the characters from the current continuity of the movies, you know, if it wouldn't work because, yeah, you know, X Men, you know, most of them have died out. Spider Man, 
the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, you know, they, you know, again, you know, a lot of the characters have died, but what have they... It's no longer, and plus the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man is no longer in production, and mm. in fact they're making a revamp of it. But, but what if they just have Spider-Man, he doesn't take his mask off, you know, a different dude is playing him, but the character of Spider-Man is there. You know. That's kind of a Power Ranger effect, to be honest. The character isn't... Well, he's just wearing a mask, and then it's a noticeably different voice. Mm, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. But so, but that's the thing, you know, Sony aren't going to give back the rights to Spider-Man anytime soon. You know, they've got the new one in development for 2012, so that's at least another two years. Uh, and also, on the X-Men side of things, you know, they're working on Wolverine 2. You know, they're working on uh, First Class. They said they were going to be working on four, but a four, but I think they gave they gave that up. So well, you know, if go they on. worked on a four, the only logical solution is that the serum didn't work, that they injected them in with three, and then all the mutants come back, such as Mystique, Magneto, Rogue. Hmm. But that's just so predictable; hmm, it's unbelievable. Hmm, definitely, definitely, yeah. So. So that's interesting, but another thing that uh, news came out of recently was that um, uh, you have have heard about it, Tom, and uh, Marvel is uh, starting production on about six movies, but these movies are going to be low budget. So, for example, Iron Man 1 and 2 were around 200 million, yeah? Mm -hmm. These movies are going to be 20 million, and that's like the budget of a romantic comedy. Uh, so, uh, but these are going to have like lesser heroes. They're going to have like the Ant Man and Luke Cage and that kind of stuff. Uh, what, what do you think, Tom? Will you be interested well, in seeing that kind of thing? Well, I'm. Well, I only know the Luke Cage through Spider Man Web of Shadows for the PS3 because he was one of the heroes that helps you. Mm-hmm. Same with Moon Knight, actually. But quite, it's kind of a Superman effect. He's strong, he's invulnerable to bullets, just like Superman, just he doesn't have kryptonite. But he's not a big enough hero for me to really um, go crazy about. Yeah, I mean, but I think that it's all up to, you know, if they've got the right people to do it. So, for example, I mean, if, you know, if they've got a good team, good producers, good writers, good, uh, you know, good artists, they can make a good movie out of it because, I mean, you know, People have seen, you know, you've seen what happens with a established character. For example, you know, the Batman movies are a perfect example. You know, it can be a very popular character with a very rich backstory and canon and source material, but you can do something like Batman Forever or Batman and Robin and you can still destroy it. So, you know, it, I think it all depends on who makes it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Okay, and uh, well, I think on that note, we'll uh, wrap up episode two of the Stark cast. Uh, thank you very much for joining us again, Tom. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, joining me, I had I had a, I had a lot of fun talking to you and speculating about you know about this trailer. I will be back very soon in the next couple of days to talk more Iron Man as more news comes out. Um, the 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 actors and John Favreau are doing the press junket for it now, so in the next couple of days we're going to be seeing loads of news, uh, loads of channels and websites uh, have interviews with the actors. So we'll be covering that. Uh, that'll be very interesting to see. So until until next time, we'll see you later.